Has the league caught up with Brock Purdy? That is one of the questions we're going to answer today. It's part of the latest edition of the 49ers Web Zone Mailbag. We're going to discuss that question and several others today. Welcome to the 49ers Camelot Show. I'm excited to have you here. Excited to be talking 49ers football with you. Before we jump into the mailbag, good news for the 49ers. Trent Williams was on the practice field today. And so that's great news. Uh, looks like he's on course right now to play on Sunday. So uh, that's really good news for Brock Purdy. Really, really good news for the uh, 49ers running game. So it's been hard running the ball without Trent Williams there. So Trent Williams uh, looking like he's going to be back. Debo Samuel uh, looking like he's going to be back. So the 49ers offense is going to be really as healthy as they've been since before the Cleveland game, I guess. And so, or, or maybe at the very beginning of the Cleveland game. So this is good news for the 49ers. So um, excited to see what happens in Jacksonville. Bryant, what's up, man? He says, smash the like button. Yeah, please do smash that like button, hit that subscribe button. And if you're listening uh, somewhere, wherever you get your audio podcast, please remember to rate, review, and follow the 49ers Camelot show. That would really mean a lot to me. So please do that. Uh, let's jump into this mailbag. Had a ton of questions uh, to uh, to get to this week. So uh, it's always fun to engage with uh, fans of the team. So uh, this, is, this was a, a fun week. So here is the first question. When are Womack and Luter coming off IR, and will Womack end up replacing Oliver Nickel, as many are saying? So, uh, as you probably heard earlier this week on Monday, the 49ers opened the practice window for Darrell Luter Jr., for uh, Samuel Womack III, and for Robert Bill Jr. They have basically they have three weeks to decide whether or not to place any of these guys or none of these guys on the active roster. And so it's going to be interesting to see what happens with this. I think of the three, Samuel Womack has the best chance of making it onto the active roster because he's not a rookie. He played last season, whereas uh, Robert Bill Jr. and um, and, and Darrell Luter Jr., they're both rookies. And so for them, they didn't. They they both were were injured early. Didn't get much practice time. In fact, I think Luter was hurt before training camp even started, so he got no practice time uh, other than the offseason work. So I think that Womack has the best opportunity of the three. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. Now, as far as Womack replacing Isaiah Oliver at nickel corner. That I guess that's a possibility. Um, Womack started the season last year um, at nickel corner until Jimmy Ward came back from injury, and then he took over at that position. But I, I've heard, and I don't remember where I heard this, but I heard that the 49ers coaches weren't thrilled with Womack's toughness. And for the 49ers, they want their nickel corner to be able to tackle and tackle well. Isaiah Oliver does that. He may not be great in coverage, especially against those those faster receivers, but he's a really good tackler. And so 
that's going to be interesting to see what happens. I mean, I, I think that there's a good chance. I, I would say that there's a better chance that if Womack plays, he plays on the outside and Diamador Lenore moves inside at nickel. But that's just my guess uh, based on the fact that uh, Lenore has played in there. He played it well. He tackles well. And to me, he seems to fit that position better than Samuel Womack does. So that is the first question. Second question, this is from Sammy. He says, the big question is what defensive adjustments will be made moving into the second half of the season? Well, as you probably heard, uh, Steve Wilkes is going to be moving down to the sideline. I don't know if it was his idea or if he wanted to do that or if Kyle Shanahan wanted him to do it. I, I've continued to remind people that um, that Kyle Shanahan, this, this is Kyle Shanahan's defense. Uh, this is not Steve Wilkes' defense. He runs, he, he's right now, he's running a defense that he didn't bring in. And so if he comes down to the sideline, he's he's definitely going to be different uh, in, in a different place than, than what he's been. So how comfortable is he going to be with that? But it is going to be interesting to see what kind of on the field uh, adjustments he makes. So I think that marrying the secondary to the pass rush is going to be huge. They just haven't been on the same page. Um, here's an example. Uh, former 49er safety Dante Whitner was a guest on KNBR, I think on Tuesday. And he was asked if Wilkes is using Talanoa Hufanga differently than he than he has uh, than than uh, than Demigo Ryan's used him um, last year, and so here's what Dante Whitner said of Steve Wilkes. He said he wants to put his print on the secondary. He felt like Tashawn Gibson was the better cover guy. So when you see Tashawn Gibson down covering tight ends, wide receivers, that's normally what Hufanga does, and that's probably one of the reasons why the defense isn't flourishing as well as it was especially in the run game. And remember, Hufanga was getting after the quarterback as well. They were blitzing him last year, so that's a correct observation that Hufanga is playing more free safety this year, and they're using Tashawn Gibson as the strong safety. Maybe that'll be an adjustment that they go back to after the bye week. So uh, so that's, that was interesting in that, uh, that Dante Whitner is saying that, as we know, last year um, – Gibson was playing free safety. Hufanga was playing strong safety. And um, this year, it sounds like they've been flipped. Now, I think the 49ers safeties are somewhat interchangeable, but uh, still, that is an interesting uh, thing to, to hear. Um, so uh, I think also the run defense, they need to figure that out. I don't feel like they've been good the last three games. Uh, so that needs to to improve. Bryant said the the yeah the defense is Kyle's baby yeah it is it's I mean Kyle has he's never run a defense but remember he used to sit in on defensive meetings back in the day uh, when he was uh, who was he with John Gruden I think maybe and so uh, he sat in on defensive meetings and uh, he wanted to have an understanding of the entire team both sides of the ball so. Um, so that's uh, pretty interesting uh, stuff there. All right, next question. 
This is from Scott. Which remaining games do you see the 49ers winning? I think they have a chance to win every single game that they play. Uh, they, they're as good, if not better, than every team in the NFL. So I think they have a chance to win every game. Now, if you're forcing me to say which ones they're going to win, this is what I think they're going to I think the I think they're going to win in Jacksonville. It's going to be tough, but I think they'll do it. I think that they beat Tampa. I think they beat Seattle both times. I think they beat Arizona again. They they'll beat Baltimore, they'll beat Washington and they'll beat the Rams. That's my prediction. I think that they're going to lose in Philadelphia. That's just going to be a tough one. And really to in all likelihood they're going to lose another one or two um on top of the Philly game, but I think that any time that they play their game, they have a really good chance to win. You look at this three-game losing streak, they've been horrible in these three weeks, and yet they've had a chance to win every game. So uh, that Cincinnati game was close down down toward the end of the game until Brock Purdy fumbled, fumbled that ball away, and, uh, and, and then there was the interception before that, and then the interception before that. So before that stuff happened, they they really had a chance to win it. Um, so yeah, I, I think that any game that they play their game, they're going to have a chance to win. So Andy asks, will Chase Young be the starter or at least take the most reps opposite Bosa? If so, is Drake the odd man out? Yes, I believe that Chase Young is definitely going to be the starter. I don't know if he'll start on, on Sunday. It's possible that Cleland Furl will start the game, but then quickly give way to Chase Young. Um, that, that could happen, or maybe Chase Young starts right out of the gate, but he's going to start the games. He's going to play a lot. And, uh, so yeah, I don't think that he's going to be part of a rotation like Furl and Drake Jackson and Randy Gregory have been. And yes, this does mean even less time, uh, play in time for Drake Jackson. He already had seen his snaps decrease, um, since they got Randy Gregory and so I think that Drake Jackson is going to see even less playing time. I, I mean, is he even going to be suited up? I, I, I think that he probably will. I think he'll be active on Sundays, but that's uh, it, that's one of the things that uh, we're going to have to wait and see. Caesar asked, "Do you do you think the addition of Chase Young will bring a new and better rhythm to the D line?" I mean, that's the hope because. Who are you going to double team? I mean, if Eric Armstead was, uh, I saw this from John Chapman, that Eric Armstead was double teamed more against Cincinnati than Nick Bosa was. Uh, Maybe that's because of their offensive line and they felt like they needed to shift more help that way. Um, Whereas they could control Bosa a little bit. Uh, So I don't know why that happened, but we know that Bosa is double teamed a lot. Javon Hargrave has been double teamed. Uh, Eric Armstead has been double teamed. And now they've got a fourth guy on the edge and Chase Young who has to be double teamed as well. So you're going to have to, you're going to have to leave somebody uh, one-on-one. And so that guy who's one-on-one has got to win those matchups. So yeah, I think that that's the hope is that between Bosa, Hargrave, Armstead, and Chase Young, that they're able to really rattle some quarterbacks. Greg asks, will they be able to put any pressure or get sacks with their pass rush? Well, you know, with Chase Young, they're adding um, 
like 38 pressures or something like that. I, I think that's the, the number that I saw and five sacks. So, so he has plenty of experience getting after the quarterback. He's been successful at it this season. So I think that if they can start getting after the quarterback, they can correct a lot of things. So hopefully Steve Wilkes will make those adjustments um, this uh, starting this week. Michael asks, what do you think with the D coordinator situation? No excuse for the play in the last three games, especially with the talent they have. Well, look, Steve Wilkes is not being, he's not going to get fired this season. I think he's safe for the rest of the season. If he adjusts and the defense finishes strong um, this, this season, then I think that Steve Wilkes is in good shape and he'll probably be back next season. But if he doesn't make adjustments and things don't improve, then there's a very good chance that he won't be back. Um, so one of the things that I saw is uh, from, uh, from uh, gosh, who was it? Was it Jesse Naylor or somebody? Somebody on Twitter put out a thing today that uh, showed uh, that in 2021 and in 2022, the the defense's stats, their numbers through week eight were basically right around where they are now uh, with Wilkes. And so, uh, so Wilkes isn't doing that terrible of a job. The defense just hasn't played well. And that's what CJ, what's up, man? And CJ uh, jumped in the chat and he said, Wilkes can't tackle. Yeah, that's, that is that. I mean, that's the point that I was trying to make is that Steve, he needs to make some adjustments for sure. He has to be better, but the 49ers uh, players on defense have to be better as well. They have to tackle better. Uh, Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw have already missed more tackles this season than they missed combined all of last season. So they have to play better. Hufanga has to play better. He's missed multiple tackles where last year he didn't miss many. And so then you, then you look at the, that front four, they've got to put more pressure on the quarterback. So it's not just on Wilkes to correct this. His players have to do it as well. Sasha asks, I've been on the fence about Brock Purdy and thought the Niners were quick to make him the man because of the way the team finished. Since they've been on this skid, do you think the league caught up with him or is this just a little hiccup? No, I don't think the league is caught up with Brock Purdy. And here's why. Yes, he's made some mistakes lately. They've been mistakes in the fourth quarter. They've come at bad times. They've been bad mistakes but they've been mistakes that Brock has made, not that the defense has forced him to make. And so if you look at just Minnesota and Cincinnati, so Cleveland was different. Cleveland, he didn't have McCaffrey. He didn't have Debo. He had Trent Williams, but he was like limping. I mean, he could barely walk. Uh, it was raining. And in the end, Brock still got uh, the 49ers in position to win the game. It's just that Jake Moody missed the field goal. But against Minnesota and Cincinnati, he played really well. He put up some great numbers. He moved the ball. They just kept making mistakes. I mean, in that Minnesota game, they moved the ball right down the field. And what happened? Inside the 15-yard line, Christian McCaffrey fumbled. That's not on Brock Purdy. That's not the league catching up with him. And so I don't think that uh, I, I, I don't think that there's anything too 
the league catching up with him. There are a lot of really smart people who have been saying not only do they still have faith in Brock Purdy, they have even more faith in him than they did before. So don't give up on Brock Purdy. It's going to be fine. He's going to improve. Uh, he's gonna. I think he's going to correct those mistakes, and we're going to see uh, some things uh, change. Uh, for and also remember that the 49ers haven't been running the ball very well at all during this losing streak. And so you take away Brock Purdy's uh, weapon in Debo Samuel for part of a game, Christian McCaffrey, uh, Trent Williams, his best protector, and then you take away the running game. And yeah, it's going to be hard for him to uh, uh, to really do the things that uh, that we want to see him do. Red Eye, what's up, man? Said, uh, y'all forgot, last season, Fred and the defensive guys all had a private meeting. D'Amico and Shani wasn't invited after the meeting. Defense went from garbage to number one run defense. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, and that's the thing is that we have to remember is that uh, this is on the players. They've had struggles before. Uh, yes, uh, Steve Wilkes has to be better, just like uh, D'Amico Ryans had to get better. And, uh, and he did, and, and I think that Wilkes is going to be fine. CJ said, I think we're too thin at defensive tackle. We don't have that big run stuffer like DJ Jones or Hassan Ridgeway. Yeah, I've been preaching that um, for a while, that, that the 49ers missed DJ Jones. That was, that was a big loss. Jason, what's up, man? Good to see you. Jason Massey is in here. CJ said, I personally don't think we got a $14 million upgrade from letting Amenahu go and signing Hargrave. Yeah, I think that Hargrave has had some really good games. Um, he's had some that he's kind of been really quiet. And so is it worth what they paid? Um, maybe not. But uh, um, so, yeah, I think uh, let's see what else we have in here. Uh, CJ said, spinning, uh, spinning for top-end salary players crushed our depth. It is that it's hard, yeah, because when they it, it's when you have the guys that are on these rookie deals, then uh, and then all of a sudden they they start becoming stars, um, and and you have to really start paying those guys like Nick Bosa and Fred Warner and uh, Eric Armstead and uh, Christian McCaffrey and all these guys that they're now paying, and then you add Javon Hargrave to that. Um, you can't pay everybody. And so um, that's why it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Brandon Ayuk because they're paying Debo big money. Uh, are they really going to be able to pay Ayuk? Um, so we'll see. Red Eye said, I, Niners have no depth this year. All the rotational run defense guys are gone. DJ Jones, Aminahu, Ebucom. Yep, that's, uh, that is true. They are missing their depth. And, and they're not, it's not just depth that they're missing. They're missing quality depth. So those guys that you mentioned, like DJ Jones, Charles Amenahu, Samson, Ebicom, those guys went on to be starters other places. And so when you lose quality depth like that, then you're losing uh, a lot more than you realize. So Purnell asks, with the possible return of Debo, any chance Shanahan will start utilizing other players such as Mitchell, Mason, Jennings, and Bell to give the starters a breather rather than wearing them down like he's been doing with Christian McCaffrey? So yeah, I've I've wanted to see more of Elijah Mitchell and Jordan Mason 
and a little bit less of Christian McCaffrey, just because I, I don't want him to get hurt. Um, we saw that with Debo Samuel. I mean, the, the Debo Samuel thing was kind of a fluke, uh, play, you know, that, that injury with a shoulder. Um, so, I mean, since Debo's been out, we have seen more Ray Ray McLeod. We've seen more Juwan Jennings. Um, as far as Bell or Ronnie Bell, we've seen him a little bit on offense. Uh, he's he's good on special teams, but the problem with Ronnie Bell on offense is that the 49ers like for their receivers to block in the running game, and I think that Ronnie Bell must just not be impressing them that way because they haven't uh, they haven't used him in that uh, that capacity very much. Uh, I think there was. Uh, the Giants game when uh, when Brandon Ayuk missed um, that was a game that they that they definitely used Ronnie Bell more, but uh, but not really since since then uh, not on offense at least. CJ said I think Gregory and Chase can help with the edge rotation, but I think we're still thin at defensive tackle. Yeah, and Javon Kinlaw started out really well in uh, the early part of the season, but he's kind of disappeared um, here lately. So, uh, that's, uh, you need Ken law to be a force. I mean, he's probably the biggest dude on the field and he needs to play like he's the biggest guy out there. CJ said, we have to get leads with our offense to keep the other team from running the ball. It is the only way, uh, we can, we really, we can really win with this group at defensive tackle. Yeah. And, it's just right now the defense can't stop the run and they haven't stopped the pass. And so it's hard for the offense to get a lead because the defense hasn't been stopping anybody. So um, that's kind of that, that, uh, you know, it kind of goes both ways, you know, chicken and the egg thing. And and that's been the problem so far. Andy asks, will Danny Gray take reps away from bell when he comes off IR Phil bell has shown his value but Kyle just doesn't use his reserve wide receivers even when he's missing a starter. Yeah, I think it's possible, but you have to remember that Danny Gray wasn't cracking the, the lineup much uh, offensively either. I mean, Danny Gray was really good on special teams, but he wasn't playing much on offense either. And I think a lot of that has to do, again, with the same thing with Ronnie Bell, is that these guys don't block well in the run game. And for Kyle Shanahan and and uh, for the way that they teach these receivers, if you don't block well, you don't play. I mean, what's the saying that they've been talking about? No block, no rock. And so if if you're not blocking, then yeah, you're not gonna you're not gonna see the field much. So I don't uh, I I don't, I don't even know if Danny Gray. I'm I'm not even sure they haven't opened his practice window. So I don't know when he's gonna be healthy. When he is. Who knows if he's even going to be uh, making the team? So, I, I but the, that's the issue is that they need that speed on the field. But so far, he hasn't shown that he uh, can play and, and really add that much as a receiver. Jason said, I think them actually tackling would solve 75% of the issues on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, that would that would be great if the 49ers would defense would start tackling. Please do that. CJ said on offense, it's really important with Trent back to run the ball because so much of our offense is built off that. And they like to run off of Trent Williams. And so if Trent is back and 
If you didn't hear, he was uh, he was on the field for practice today, so it's looking positive that he could play on Sunday. So I think that's definitely going to help the uh, running game. Having Debo Samuel back is going to help the run game because Debo is a difference maker, um, not only out of the backfield, but when they line him, line him all over the field, he just makes everything better uh, because teams can't just crowd the line of scrimmage. So Cosmo, what's up, man? Uh, he's asking what happens with Drake now. Back up, I see Chase and Gregory taking all the snaps. You are right on. It's uh, it's definitely going to be that way. I mean, Dr- uh, uh, Drake Jackson has gone from um, playing right behind Cleland Furl um, to like so Cleland Furl would start and he'd play on those base downs, and then Drake Jackson would come in and play on the passing downs to not playing near as much because Randy Gregory was more effective. And so now that they have a star like Chase Young and then Randy Gregory, Drake Jackson is not going to play near as much. Um, so I, I just don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what uh, what happens with him. So CJ said, we don't, uh, we don't really have the players to spread it out and go to a drop back passing game because only Brandon Ayuk can beat one-on-one man coverage. Yeah, I mean, they, the way that, they are, the, that they've been built is that they're a run-first team, um, play action, a lot of movement, uh, misdirection, that kind of stuff. And so that's, that's just what the, this offense is predicated on. And, and when that running game disappears, like it has the last few weeks, then a lot of that other stuff goes away. The play action pass, the screen passes, those things aren't near as effective without a good running game. Jason said, we're great at hitting, tackling, not so much. And it's crazy because this defense used, they're used to, they, they didn't miss tackles. And, and so now um, we see that uh, they've been missing a lot of tackles here lately. CJ said, getting Debo back helps because no, uh, so no one, uh, can pay attention to, but those motion screen slants digs helps Brock get the ball out quicker. Yes, it does. Red eye under Sala and D'Amico, they had gang tackling three, four guys converging uh, at source. Not so this year. It's been one on one and missed tackles galore. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I hadn't really thought about that, but. But that's that's a really good point that uh, you, you saw. One of the things you saw about the 49ers defense of the past seasons was that when when a receiver caught the ball or when the ball carrier was running with the ball, the, the, there were multiple players right there and it's not really been that way. Jason asked Drake who. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of disappeared. Uh, CJ said Drake may not dress now after... Uh, now at another draft disappointment. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's what I was saying. I don't even know if he's going to be active on game day. Um, so Drake, uh, red eyes to Drake, a third round disappointment. He's uh, too damn soft, good at backflips into the pool. I give him that he doesn't have the violent streak for defensive line. Good point. Cosmos said soft, cornerback coverage yeah and wasn't that uh wasn't that steve wilkes thing he was gonna blitz more he was gonna have the corners press more but uh i don't feel like they've done that i i feel like they haven't been as aggressive as we thought they were going to be um so 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, interesting stuff here. Julian asked, do you think Steve Wilkes has what it takes to lead the defense? Yeah, we talked about this a little bit earlier. I think that Steve Wilkes does have what it takes to turn the defense around. Um, he's moving down to the sideline from the booth. And I think that uh, I, I think that we'll see a different defense this Sunday. Now, the main reason is not because he's moving to the booth. It's or, or moving down the field from the booth. The biggest reason that we're going to see a different defense is because I think the players are going to come out and they're going to be totally uh, focused. And, and I, I think that they've been embarrassed lately on defense. And I think that they want to come and undo that and get that bad taste out of their mouth. So I think that they probably made some adjustments over the bye. I think that Kyle Shanahan probably suggested some things um, other than the moving from the booth to the field. Uh, so I think that Kyle, or, we talked about it before, this is Kyle Shanahan's defense. So he's probably made plenty of, uh, of recommendations there. So um, CJ said we had gang tackles because of the rush, four play, cover three, and then all 11 guys have their eyes on, on uh, where the ball's going. Yeah, that's, uh, that's how they were doing it. And, and now uh, it, it just hasn't been that way. He said, keep the scheme simple and let the stars be stars. Yeah, and, and that's the thing is, again, because this isn't Steve Wilkes' defense, from what we've been told, he's learning the defense on the fly. And so is he changing too many things? And it's kind of messing with what the 49ers' defense had working for him. So it uh, could be, uh, we'll see. George asks, will Moody make the kicks he's supposed to make? Jake Moody's going to be fine. Don't worry about him. All rookie kickers struggle. And I've said this a million times since Jake Moody missed that kick. Actually, I probably started saying it in preseason when he missed some kicks there. Rookie kickers struggle. They miss kicks. And, and so I'm not too concerned. I went back and looked at... Uh, some rookie kickers that the 49ers have had. And, and I don't have those numbers in front of me, but uh, uh, but the 49ers had rookie kickers in Super Bowl seasons, like Doug Bryan in 94. And uh, gosh, who was the guy in the late 80s? I can't think of his name right offhand, but uh, maybe one of, maybe somebody in here will know. Um, but they, so they brought in rookie kickers even when they were a Super Bowl team. And, um, and sometimes those guys miss kicks. It just happens. So I'm not worried about him. I think he's going to settle in. I think he's going to be a really good kicker for many years. So Alan asked, do you think this is the end of the York curse? <laughs> this is an interesting question coming off of, of a three-game losing streak. Alan should have asked this question um, a few weeks ago when they were 5-0. and But, uh, yeah, I think that uh, – at that time, we were probably ready to break into a rendition of Ding Dong, The Witch is Dead. But listen, if they go to Jacksonville and lose a fourth straight game, there's going to be flying monkeys circling 49-49 Marie P. DeBartolo way uh, for at least a week until they break that losing streak. But that's... Uh, yeah, I don't really believe in in curses and stuff. But I mean, the Yorks have made some bad decisions over the years. They fired Steve Mariucci, they fired Jim Harbaugh, they hired Jim Tomsula. 
And then there was the, the whole thing uh, where people say that uh, it, that it's like Levi Stadium was built on a, on a indigenous grave or something. Um, so the Yorks have made some bad decisions, but they have started to get it right. I mean, John and Denise DeBartolo York have moved out of the way and put Jed, uh, Jed York, their son in charge. If you think that Jed York has made some bad decisions, just go back to what John York did when he was in charge. He was worse. He was a, he was just an absolute train wreck um, when he was making decisions. And so Jed was an upgrade and yes, Jed made some mistakes, but he's, he's done well. He hired John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan he stayed out of the way. That's exactly what um, we want uh, him to do. So, um, so yeah, I think that the the York curse is uh, is dead. So, uh, Red Eye, right, this is interesting here. Red Eye said Steve Wilkes has a loser resume. Seventeen years on loser loser teams. He was last a de- uh, defensive coordinator on the 2019 Browns. Went six and ten. Uh, Niners beat them 31 to three that year. Only been at one place for two years, fired after a year, other place. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, (laughs) I mean, it's hard to argue with, with results, hard to argue with history. Um, CJ said Missouri, Missouri was going to fire Wilkes. I didn't know that, that Wilkes was at Missouri. Um, but uh, I guess he was, they had one of the worst defenses in the country. Yeah. That's, that's not, uh, was this when Missouri was in the big 12 because nobody in the big 12 plays defense. <clears throat> Red eye said Lynch will be interviewing DC's uh, off season. No doubt could be. I mean, that's, that's very possible. Uh, CJ said the truth is he's only coordinated a defense twice in his career. He is not that much more experienced at doing the job as the guys who left shaking my head. So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, interesting. So he, he, he doesn't have as much experience, but he's been around for a long time. So he's seen a lot of things. I still think he's going to be fine, but if I'm wrong and he doesn't correct the things and he doesn't write the ship, then, then, uh, uh, who's, who said that, uh, uh, who was it that said it? Uh, Red Eyes, the one that said John Lynch is going to be interviewing defensive coordinators in the offseason. That's that's going to happen if Steve Wilkes doesn't turn things around. So um, here's the last question uh, from Philip. Why don't we rush five? We only have two linebackers. They do rush five sometimes. I mean, just a lot of it depends on who they're playing because of that offensive um structure and and formations and um down and distance where they're at in the game there's a lot that goes into it but there are a lot of times that the 49ers have three linebackers on the field again it it depends on who they're playing and so if they're playing a team like Arizona that's going to run the ball a lot then they're going to have three linebackers on the field more than if they're playing a team like Miami who's going to put out all kinds of wide receivers so it, that's that's the thing is uh, is, is that they have ru- rushed five at times uh, this season, uh, so so yeah, I, I I'm not sure what uh, what he's seeing. Uh, CJ said, I still ultimately believe the most blame is on the players. 
I was just speaking Wilt's track record. Yep, you are correct. I mean, it still comes down to uh, the players making making the uh, the plays. Red Eye said Wilkes only has a two year deal. His deal's cheap. Firing him will cost Niners pennies. Yeah, they uh, they're all about winning. I mean, that's the thing is that Jed York is willing to spend money. He's all about winning. That's all that he wants to do. And uh, he's kind of like his uncle a little bit. Uh, Eddie DeBartolo would fire people in a heartbeat if that was preventing him from having wins. I mean, we remember when he fired Mark, was it Mark Tressman, I think? Um, and he didn't even wait to ease into the announcement. He got to, he got to the platform and said, he's gone. <laughs> and so Eddie was, Eddie was ruthless. I mean, dude fired Bill Walsh how many times? And, I, uh, I interviewed Carmen Policy back in, uh, uh, I think it was back in the spring when I did the Roger Craig thing. And I asked Carmen Policy, how many, like, how many times did you have to talk Eddie DeBartolo out of fire and Bill Walsh? And he was like, I, a, a dozen, man. I mean, he just, uh, Eddie was so focused and so he wanted to win so bad that he would just, go nuts if the 49ers didn't win the Super Bowl. And so in turn, he's going to start firing people. And and uh, he was uh, looking at Walsh. Uh, but uh, thankfully, um, thankfully uh, Carmen was able to talk him out of it. What's up, Rick? Rick said, I didn't want this guy to be the offensive coordinator. I was kind of shaky before the regular season started. Uh, are you talking about? Steve Wilkes, um, yeah, because yeah, Shanahan's the red eyes. Shanny's the the O line. I think he means the defensive coordinator. Um, so uh, <laughs> he's when diseases started. I said we need to need help in the offensive line. Kept saying it for months. Yeah, it's uh, it they they do need help in in the. Uh, uh, the the offensive line, but uh, I'm assuming he's talking about defense. Uh, but but yeah, that's uh, they need help in the offensive line. But really, I mean, here's what it comes down to: they are who they are. They're not going to add anybody else, and uh, so they just need to go go to Jacksonville, put their stamp on this game, do what they do, and uh, start a new win streak. If they do that, then they're going to be okay. Not going to be too concerned about that. All right. Hey, that's all that I have. Uh, so please take a minute to, uh, to hit that, uh, that bell. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube and subscribe to the 49ers Camelot show or wherever you're listening to your audio podcast, please make sure that you rate review and follow the show would really appreciate that. Y'all have a good week and, uh, I'll see you on Sunday. Go Niners.